Human utterance can best convey the general character of our experiences by calling them plungings or soarings. For in every period of revelation some part of our minds broke boldly away from all that is real and present, rushing aerially along shocking, unlighted and fear-haunted abysses, and occasionally tearing through certain well-marked and typical obstacles, describable only as viscous, uncouth clouds of vapours. In these black and borderless flights we were sometimes alone and sometimes together. When we were together my friend was always far ahead. I could comprehend his presence, despite the absence of form, by a species of pictorial memory, whereby his face appeared to me, golden from a strange light and frightful with its weird beauty, its anomalously youthful cheeks, its burning eyes, its Olympian brow, and its shadowing hair and growth of beard. Of the progress of time we kept no record, for time had become to us the merest illusion. I know only that there must have been something very singular involved, since we came at length to marvel why we did not grow old. Our discourse was unholy, and always hideously ambitious. No god or demon could have aspired to discoveries and conquests like those which we planned in whispers. I shiver as I speak of them, and dare not be explicit, though I will say that my friend once wrote on paper a wish which he dared not utter with his tongue, and which made me burn the paper and look affrightedly out of the window at the spangled night sky. I will hint, only hint, that he had designs which involved the rulership of the visible universe and more, designs whereby the earth and the stars would move at his command, and the destinies of all living things be his. I affirm, I swear, that I had no share in these extreme aspirations. Anything my friend may have said or written to the contrary must be erroneous, for I am no man of strength to risk the unmentionable spheres by which alone one might achieve success. There was a night when winds from unknown spaces whirled us irresolutely into limitless vacua beyond all thought and entity. Perceptions of the most maddeningly untransmissible sort thronged upon us, perceptions of infinity which at the time convulsed us with joy, yet which are now partly lost to my memory and partly incapable of presentation to others. Viscous obstacles were clawed through in rapid succession, and at length I felt that we had been born to realms of greater remoteness than any we had previously known. My friend was vastly in advance as we plunged into this awesome ocean of virgin ether, and I could see the sinister exultation on his floating, luminous, too youthful memory face. Suddenly that face became dim, and quickly disappeared, and in a brief space I found myself projected against an obstacle which I could not penetrate. It was like the others, yet incalculably denser, a sticky, clammy mass, if such terms can be applied to analogous qualities in a non-material sphere. I had, I felt, been halted by a barrier which my friend and leader had successfully passed. Struggling anew, I came to the end of the drug dream and opened my physical eyes to the tower studio, in whose opposite corner reclined the pallid, 
and still unconscious form of my fellow dreamer. Weirdly haggard and wildly beautiful as the moon shed gold-green light on his marble features. Then, after a short interval, the form in the corner stirred, and may pitying heaven keep from my sight and sound another thing like that which took place before me. I cannot tell you how he shrieked, or what vistas of unvisitable hells gleamed for a second in black eyes crazed with fright. I can only say that I fainted, and did not stir till he himself recovered and shook me in his frenzy for someone to keep away.